Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. The feedback on episode 31, Coach Angris A.T. Thorpe, has been as expected, tremendous. If you have not yet, check out this elite mid-major assistant coach. Everyone who I have spoken to loves the loyalty that Coach A.T. shows to his head coach, Jim White's on the Buffalo program. Personally, I appreciated him sharing some really cool examples of what it was like to work for Coach Rick Majerus. Finally, so many Division II and Division III assistant coaches have reached out to me. These assistant coaches loved hearing Coach A.T. talk about his days as a GA at Loris College and starting in the profession at Lewis. Thanks again, Coach Angris Thorpe, for sharing your story. Today, we are talking to Coach Luke Gore. Luke is currently the associate head coach for Coach Matt Lodich at Valparaiso University. Guess what? Coach Luke has been at Valpo for 20 years now. Coach Gore had the opportunity to work for Scott Drew, Homer Drew, Bryce Drew, and now Coach Matt. Simply talk about an incredible run. And you soon will hear Coach Luke has some incredible experience and advice for young coaches. Quite simply, Valpo is home, and you're going to feel right at home listening to this open-minded coach, husband, and father. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Luke Gore and tell his story. Real quick, before Coach Luke Gore's story, I need to tell you about my affiliate partner that I've been supporting since episode one. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out MoneyballSportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys, and girls sports attire. Hoodie, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts. You name it, Moneyball has it. Get all your fall gear ASAP. Truly, what are you waiting for? And if you are a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, please reach out to Moneyball. The uniforms that Desmond and his team create are simply spectacular. Go to MoneyballSportswear.com, shop away, enter the promo code DRO, D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. Luke, why do you coach? Well, I coached to, uh, had a great influence, a great mentor in Cal Luther in, in college, and uh, he just really put me on it, and I, I wanted to have an impact on kids, and I'm competitive, and, and be able to coach young men, and and influence their lives in a positive way and then get to compete every day is, is pretty awesome. You know, you talk about that word impact, break that down a little bit more for me. How can you make an impact in a young man's life from like 18 to 23 years old? I believe the biggest thing I can do is show them what a good husband and a good father is, you know, doing that first and foremost, not talk about it, show it. And, and then show them what honesty can do and, and be honest with the guys. And sometimes it's not always good. And so, um, you know, those paths and then really push them to be something better than they are. And then and hopefully that carries on, you know, helps their basketball career drastically, but also helps whatever career they have after. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that's like giving them life lessons for after basketball. Has it been so rewarding? You, you know, you're currently the associate head coach at Valparaiso University. You've been at Valpo for 20 years. Have you ever thought about how many kids you've impacted in the 20 years that you've worked at Valpo? 
I, I, I do. It does cross my mind. It's pretty amazing, and it's amazing that you know they can they can still call me and and talk to the coach that um, at their school. You mm-hmm. know that doesn't happen very often. That a guy that graduated you know fifteen years ago can call me and say, "Hey, coach, how's how's Balpo still doing?" You know, or you know, seeing guys that graduated have you know 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kids now it's it, it is really cool and and it's not just the players it's the managers it's the it's the GAs it's all the different people that come through the program um, the guys that work on the radio station that sometimes travel with us it's just it, it really is amazing how many lives that you can touch in a year and that they touch mine I mean that I learned from these these young people as much as uh, I hope they learn from me. 20 years, that's a great run. That's Greg Campy-like. What has Valpo meant to you, though, as a person, as a coach, as a family? Well, it, I've grown at Valpo in a way that I, I could I could never thank the university, thank, you know, Mark LaBarber or, or AD, who's been here uh, most of those 20 years, in the community. It's, it's Valpo has grown tremendously. The school is, is doing wonderful things. You know, it's it, it just really... You know, I start off as a as a volunteer and just trying everything possible to get in the business. You know, at, at the Division One level, and and to be able to coach for so many great coaches and and have an impact on they've had an impact on me. And uh, looking back at what I've learned and and how I've matured and and allowing it to allow me to do that with still being a great husband or try to be a great husband. I, I do the best I can each day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my kids have grown up here. Uh, yeah. They're six and nine now. So I'll be able to do all that one place. And, and, and you know, I mean, none of us plan to be somewhere as long as right. I've been. Uh, but it's, it's been such a blessing. You just briefly mentioned the amazing coaches that you've worked for. Let's do a quick speed round and, you know, one or two things you learned from each coach. Let's start with Coach Scott Drew. Well, national champion first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have to throw that out there. But high energy and uh, <laughs> just high energy guy and uh, positive high energy. How about Coach Homer, Drew? Caring, high character, and energy also. You know, it's funny. And I think you remember, I was at the University of Detroit. I was an interim head coach. And I got the coach against Homer. He's just a true gentleman, isn't he? Mm-hmm. No, he is. That's, and he truly goes about it. Is He's going to teach life lessons along with coaching basketball. And he's going to be who he is. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a strong Christian man. Yeah, and he's gonna the characters that he had, that his faith has taught him, and that he lives by. He's gonna he's gonna put it on to his players and his in the staff he has. And you know, for him, you know, when I started, he was he was much older than all the assistants. Um, so he was truly not only coaching the players, he was coaching his staff. And yeah, it's it just such a for me to have you know eight you know eight straight years with him after the one with Scott. It was just wow. I mean, talk about on the job training was one of the best. Yeah, I always thought Coach Homer Drew was so calm and collective during the games. You know, you mentioned energy, but he just had a calmness when he coached. Am, am I on to something? You know what? He he did, and he but he was able to portray it like that. But he he was his motor was running. You okay. know, like and he had this like in the huddles. He he was he's. He gets fiery and he gets after the guys and he really pushes them. And then in, in timeout here, you know, timeouts. And then at halftime, he's getting after them before the game. He's a great motivator. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when he got technicals, which, you know, a lot of people didn't, he didn't get a lot of them. But when he did, it was for a specific reason. Mm. 
And he would, he would, he got a technical in the most, I mean, he would get them in, in the most respectable way. Like he would wait for like a dead ball. Like if you're coaching against him at your end, yeah, the guy shooting a free throw. And he would just walk to the other end to talk to the ref. <laughs> he would, he, and wouldn't even yell. And he wouldn't get on to him. But at that point, let's say your, your team's shooting free throws in front of your end. So he can get the technical there and not, not really lose possession or it, whereas the time he wouldn't lose possession or anything. And he would never get a technical if his team had the ball and him getting a technical would lose possession. Right. He was always under control for that. But he would just walk to the other end and, and, and the rest would be like, you got to go back. He'd just keep walking and then they'd tee him up. Then he'd walk back and not, and there would be no shouting match. You know, he'd walk back, the referee'd come back and then he'd have it. He'd talk to him about whatever, you know, he was upset about. And that would be how he got a technical, you know, most of the times, it was always amazing to me um, how how calculated he would do that, um, and he didn't do it very often. Well, I'm sure he got that next call too. No, he did. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned, you know, just briefly about parenting, and then you think about Homer Drew, and you know, to have two sons to be Division One coaches, and then obviously Bryce, great player of Alpo, and then you worked for Bryce. What what was it like working for Bryce Drew? Uh, Bryce is a very strong Christian, and really is very. You know, he has, he cares a lot and, um, and he's extremely intelligent and a great basketball mind and, uh, unbelievable coach. And so, um, you know, Bryce, me and him were assistants six years before, I think six years. Yeah. Six years before he became head coach. So a, a close friendship was built as an assistant and then and working for him. So just a, a great mentor to young players. I mean, he played in the NBA, he played at a high level, but he's, he did it in a way that, you know, is respectful um, and just, you know, it was just great, you know, spending uh, as much time as I got to spend with him. Okay. And then obviously, you know, you've been with Coach Matt Loddick. What's Coach Matt like? Strong Christian, passionate, um, fiery. He is, he's not a Drew, but, you know, a lot of the things that make the, the Drews great, he has in high character and uh, Christian and, and, and passionate. Now he, he does a little bit different. We, we, I'll practice a little bit different. Um, you know, he, he had a great career at Stanford. Yeah. So he takes a lot of those uh, qualities that he, he learned there. And then he played pro for a long time. and was a big-time pro. So he takes those attributes that he learned. And, you know, he, he was a amazing athlete in high school in the Chicagoland area also. So he has a lot of good connections in that and just, you know, and learns. I mean, he's, he's a coach that really he'll, – he'll listen to ideas. He'll take ideas. A lot of times, you know, head coaches say assistants give me a hundred ideas. I'll use one of them. Coach Loddick, he he might use a few more of those um, than than one. He's always looking to learn. He's not he's not stubborn in what his mind, what he of what he how he thinks everything should be. He's open to to listening and learning, and and if if it makes sense to him, he'll go that route. Just a, a real student of the game. Yeah, one of the things that I've been really impressed with you guys and with Coach Loddick, that you guys have been seem to be playing your best basketball in March. You know, been right there, you know, playing for conference championships on, you know, in Arch Madness. Why do you think Matt does such an amazing job of getting your guys to play so well at the end of the season? You know what? He has a he has a very good temperament of we're going to get better. And even in the middle of the game, we can get down. And we've we, we, we came back from 10 down uh, so many times in the last few years. And it's, it's, it's easy, just even keel. Let's get after it. And he'll make in-game adjustments. He won't be stuck in his ways. Sometimes he'll try something we had we hadn't even thought of, you know, or we thought of it and we hadn't had a lot of time to practice it. But you know, we we saw that one team did it to him 
10 games ago and had a little success for five minutes. And so, and we might have reviewed it a little bit in practice, not much. And then, hey, we're struggling. Let's try it. So, you know, really good at making adjustments. And, and throughout the year, if, if something ain't working, even though, you know, going into the season, we all think we, we've got it figured out. Mm-hmm. If something's not working, we'll, we'll totally flip the script mid, mid-season to, to try to do something that's better. Uh, that's what he does. I mean, he's, he just, he's really good at just keeping and evolving with the team throughout the year. And by the end of the year, we, we've usually figured out something pretty good. And so, and we have gotten better every year and, and we're in one of the best, best leagues in the country. So if, if you don't get better, the other, other teams are, and you're going to get beat. Time for a quick 30-second timeout, Coach Luke Gore. Getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed at all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You'll also get a great-looking podcast website. Buzzsprout provides audio players that you can drop into other websites. They give detailed analytics to see how people are listening. To start your own podcast, follow the link in my show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this also helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. So your name has been involved now with a potential few mid-major head coaching jobs over the last few seasons. When the time does come again this spring, which I'm hopeful and fingers crossed. Now, Luke, what is your current coaching philosophy in one or two sentences? Great question. I think one word that's going to, you know, that sums me up is respect. Um, so respect the process, mm-hmm. respect the details. And then the next word would be have passion and intensity. It's okay to make mistakes, so you're going to get back up. That was something Coach Homer used to always say, find a way to get back up. You know, always find a way. You know, it's, it's, it's not if you get knocked down and you're going to get back up. So, you know, that's, that, that'll be my mind. You know, that's, that's who I am. Uh, I think that's who I am with, with everything. I'm going to be me. And what that means is, is, you know, I spent a lot of time with Coach Bray at Notre Dame, and he always said, Coach Bray doesn't talk to Coach anything like Coach K. But that, that was his mentor. And the biggest thing is that you got to be who you are and be the best version of yourself. Mm. And so my team's going to play like our team at Valpo. They're going to play really hard. They're going to have some fun. They're going to be passionate. And then really respect the process. Respect class. Respect your teachers. Just respect others and just show a respect. You know, that'll be the the daily process of, you know, if, if they're going to, you know, if a player's going to hear, they're probably going to hear, be respectful and have fun are probably the two things you're going to hear the most out of me. So what do you think are some key traits that assistants can bring to a program? That is a great question. And I think the biggest thing is know that you're there to assist. Mm-hmm. And 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 not just the head coach. You're there to assist everybody. And your your ultimate goal is for the head coach to look good and to win games. It's it's not that this player likes you or or this. It's it, you know you, you want to make sure that whatever the head coach's message is, that you are making sure the players understand that. And maybe you deliver it a different way than the head coach, and that's your job because you're going to be different. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 always learn, you know. Always, always try to get better every offseason. Try to get better at something, and then bring those the bring those ideas. Don't don't save them like oh these are this is something special that no one knows. Everybody knows about what you're figuring out. <laughs> but bring those ideas to your head coach. Like, hey coach, what do you think about this? And then have have, have thick skin. Like the head coach, 
they they've went through a lot. They're in that position for a reason. Right. And it's it's their team. It's and you're a big part of it, but they they've earned that spot to say no, you know, or hey, that's a great idea. Let's keep that in the you know, keep that somewhere we can we can go to it, but we're not gonna do it right now. Uh but it doesn't mean you didn't learn, you know. And then never be too good for a job. Mm. If bags need to be moved, you know, go pick them up. Be a be a servant leader. You know, truly be a servant leader. Like if, if when the when they're loading the you know loading the bus, you know after a game, get out there and help the managers. When they're loading the plane, uh, if you're fortunate enough to charter flight and the bus is you're putting the bus the bags from the bus to the plane, be out there helping. If the coach needs, if anybody needs something, be be willing to do it. And I think a lot of guys are like, well, you know, I'm a I'm an assistant now. I don't need to do this. Well, if that if a job needs to be done, all good assistants, all head coaches, I believe, you, you just get the job done. And uh, you're not too good for any job that's assigned you. And then keep getting better at all the jobs that you're assigned. How do you have these tough conversations with players? It's always hard to tell a kid what he doesn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's always easy to tell him what he wants to hear. And a lot of times in in coaching and in, in life, and especially dealing with 18 to 22 year olds, a lot of things that they need to hear are not exactly what they want to hear. And so, who are you, and I, what what is your personality? How do how do you tell these things? And you know, I think it's very important not to embarrass players. You know that you know, and and, and and that's not everybody's philosophy, but that's a big part of mine. And and I, and I have fun with the guys. I joke around with them and do all that. But you know, when they need to know something about that they're not doing right or they need to improve at um, off the off the court or anything. You know, get them in, get them in, get them in your office, or go have a snack with them, or something like that. Convey it with honesty, and don't embarrass them. You know, and sometimes, you know, in the heat of the moment, it might have happened at practice, and it was embarrassing to them. So, explain it to them, and put it in, you know, put it in a way that they can understand. I try, I try to use my life, I try to use my family, I try to use, you know, past players as examples. Yeah, uh, and I won't use I won't use names a lot of times if mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a bad you know a learning experience for a guy. But look, you're not the first person to to miss a final, you know. But this is how this you know we had a player miss one. This is how he responded, and you know this is how another player responded. What are you going to do? And you know, give them and don't. I think the biggest thing that we can do as coaches is teach. Don't don't yell. Don't. Just complain. Don't get mad at guys. You're going to raise your voice. You're going to be fired up. And don't get me wrong. There's going to be a lot of yelling. But is it in a <laughs> teaching way? Are you teaching these guys? Right. You know, are they, you teaching them how to, you know, don't just yell at them that they did something wrong. That's not productive to anybody. Yell at them to do it this way. So they do it right. And uh, I, th- I think that's something that I think is really, uh, just really important in, 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 in the day of, you know, the guys, they, they might not like it and it's okay. Just be honest and, and tell them the truth. And, you know, if you tell a little bit of a lie, you just, it just leads to more. So just tell them the truth and, and in your way and then don't, don't embarrass them uh, and teach them. So what is the Valpo culture right now? Boy, it, 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 it's really good. You know, I think a lot of teams say that in the off season, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, you know, we had a lot, we had, we had quite a bit of change. In the off uh, in the off season, we had some great players that that left us that that, that did a lot of stuff for Valpo. Some of them were graduated, some of them uh, quit playing, some of them uh, transferred, and but they they all had great attributes and, and 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 contributed quite quite a bit of good things to Valpo. 
And uh, so, you know, in, in replacing these players, we brought in uh, quite a few freshmen, uh, some, some uh, transfers from different levels, and, and, and they really came together well. Um, they're a, an intelligent group, a compassionate, hardworking group. I mean, I walked in the gym today, and there were six of them, and they're working out um, on their own. And it wasn't just like playing horse. I mean, they're at one end, they're working on ball screen diving. The other end, they were playing uh, ones. Um, and then another guy was shooting on the side with the gun up and, and all full sweat. And looked in, popped in for about 30 seconds. was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Turned around, walked away, and was like, you know what? You have a team like that, you're going to be all right. And uh, so I think right now the culture is really good. And, and you know, we're, we're trying our best to just build the right pieces that, you know, are all in it to win. You know, the number one goal is to win as a team at Valpo. Mm. And when we're recruiting, we're trying to find guys that are just compassionate about winning. And, uh, you know, we want all our guys to play pro. We want all of them to make money playing. Uh, we want them all to have a lot of individual success. But if that's the first thing out of their mouth, you know, we're not going to win the Valley. You know, we're not going to be competing for Valley championships. We need guys that want to win first and foremost. And then everything else will take care of itself. Oh, that's great. I, I want to hit on post-playing defense in a second, but let's stay on recruiting. You know, that's that's a great tip for young coaches. Recruit winners. Really, really good. Really good. And the Valpo roster has always been amazing over the years. I mean, obviously, you guys have outstanding players from the state of Indiana and tremendous players from Chicagoland and the Midwest. But forever, Valpo has an, has had an international flair that's really helped you guys win. And you've shared with me a little bit about your ability to recruit internationally. And I really haven't talked about this yet on the podcast. But for some younger coaches, how do you recruit internationally? Well, some of the best advice I ever got was from Scott Drew. And he said one of the best years he had recruiting, he never left his office. So for a young coach that is sitting there thinking, man, I'm going to be a great recruiter when I hit, when I violently hit the road. Well, if you're waiting for that moment, then you, you, you're waiting too long. So I will say this is research is the key. And, and then building relationships with, with a lot of individuals. They don't have to all be coaches mm. that you, that, you know, that you trust, they trust you. And, um, and guys that aren't, I, I think a lot of times, you know, you, a lot of guys get relationships with the guys that are needy. Well, you know, usually those guys are not as long-standing guys that, you know, you can you can reach out to once a month, once a, every three months and, and say, hey, this is what we're looking for. I trust your opinion. What do you, do you know anybody? And sometimes that that leads you to another coach that, that, that will tell you about a kid on his team that that coach didn't really know. And then just work to get film and, and try to ask as many people. That's, that's how international recruiting really works. It's not like we, you know, we go over there and I've been over there quite a bit to, yeah. you know, uh, Europe and Africa and South America and I mean, Australia and, uh, spent a lot of time in Canada. I love Canada. Um, I love all those places. And, you know, but the key is building those relationships and trust, trusting people's opinions, watch the film, trust your eyes. Cause sometimes the guy won't be known. And then when you go look at him, be able to make a good recommendation back to the head coach and say, and be confident in it. Say, coach, he can go. Let's get him. Or, you know, he, he can do this and this really well as long as we know that coming in. But he also needs to work on this drastically before he's, you know, he's a starter or, or a big minutes guy. And if you're honest with, with the staff and 
we're going to find some guys. And then, you know, what we've done is, is we try to recruit the Midwest. Midwest is amazing for basketball. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you can't, you can't lower your sight. You know, you need a certain type of player to win your league. And you miss out on that guy because he goes to a, you know, another school. You can't just go to a lower level player and, and take them. You kind of got to find where's that next guy that's that same level. He might just have to be in a different country or a different part of the U.S. Or you know, so does it, try not to settle um, in recruiting. And that's I think that's a big reason why you know uh, Scott and, Hol- and Homer and had great success early on uh, going to Europe. And you know, recently we have you know we've had great success going to Canada, and Australia, and. and uh, I need another 30 second timeout, Coach Luke. As I mentioned in the last three podcasts, I'm going to continue to advocate for coaches this month. Kevin Hickey, Koji Vroom, Zach Verholst, and Charles Devlin. Today, let me tell you about Koji Vroom. Koji is currently an assistant coach for Coach Matt Lewis at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Why does Koji Vroom want to coach? Quote, for the players. To give the student-athletes I have the opportunity to coach the best basketball and college experience possible and win some games in the process, end quote. Like so many Division Three assistant coaches who are listeners of this podcast, Coach Vroom mentions he has the following roles, recruiting, scouts, player development, operation, monitoring academics. In Division Three, you do a bit of everything, explanation point. Koji is a young man who is a graduate assistant coach that I had the opportunity to work with at Eastern Michigan. Trust me, this guy, Koji Vroom, is super smart, like Wall Street smart. He is such an impressive young man. Koji has a ton of versatility on his resume. High school JV coach, AAU head coach, D1 graduate assistant coach, and D3 assistant coach. And for you younger coaches, what do I truly love about Koji? His reputation is A+. We talked to our soon-to-be six-year-old son about the golden rule, that is, treat people like you want to be treated, young coaches. Koji Vroom has carried this mindset into coaching. Koji, keep coaching, and for sure, keep being such a tremendous young professional. A couple years ago, we were at an NCAA certified event. I think it was in Georgia, and it was an international event. And if you look at the NBA draft this year, the number six pick was from Australia. And I just remember, yeah, I just remember. I was like, I remember turning you. I was like, Luke, man, that guy can play. And then you proceeded to rattle off everything about him and then pretty much about everything on every player in the event. So for young coaches, Luke does his research. It was really, really impressive. And it was actually really eye-opening to me. Like, man, this guy is on top of everything. And it might have been just simply that you approached the event and you did your research prior and you you knew all the rosters. But I was just blown away by your vast knowledge uh, of the international game. I'm going to tell you now, Kevin, I'm not, I'm not that smart. Um, I do right b- before events and stuff. I, I just keep, I keep good notes mm-hmm. and, I, and I go back to them. I don't try to be the guy. And, but I also remember the, the individuals you might, you, but you could probably ask me who the top 15 players in the class were, and I wouldn't know any of them. <laughs> so, um, I try to, I try to use my brain, my, my brain cells on the guys that might matter. Yeah. Um, and help Balfour win. I don't. I don't need to impress people because I know who the number one player in Florida is. Right. I need to. You know. I need to find players that fit Balfour. So no doubt. Yeah, you know. You know. Try to find those events that you know you can find out more players. And that event was really cool. I mean, you had players from Africa, from China, from yep. South America, from you know Canada, from 
all over in Netherlands. Yeah, it was good. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you, and as a young coach or an old coach, whatever, don't just go to the event to, to find the players and then follow it. You go to the event to to find the coaches that are there, the organizers of it, and build those contacts. And they might lead you a player that is not even at that 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 is the one that shows up at Valpo mm. um, or at your school. So that's that would be my advice. Like. Just because a guy doesn't have a player, if, if they have knowledge and they have a good history and they, they've been a national team coach or something, you know, save them. You know, save them in your phone and make sure you save notes so you know who you're talking to when they call. You have a great reputation with post-play. What are some simple tips for coaches in terms of post-play that you try to address with your guys every day? You know, when uh, when I started, I mean, I was a I was an undersized post-player. Uh-huh. Um, I couldn't jump very high at a, a lower level than Division One, but I had a lot of fun. Um, playing and uh, so early on it was how simple can you can can the game be yeah um, a good post player sets really good ball screens sets really good down screens sets really good players and after they set those screens they dive to the basket and get two or three layups and a really good post player knows how to wedge a guy and get two or three offensive rebounds and put back mm-hmm. and then a really good post player can sprint the floor once or twice a game and get a easy bucket and now we haven't even done a post move, and they've, they've scored 14 points. And I know a lot of guys will say that, So, but how, how much do you work on it? You know, how do you, you do a workout where you just roll it to them and they're doing one-on-one moves in the post all the time? Or are you really working on sprinting out of a ball screen? Or are you letting them do whatever they want in the ball screen? Are you letting them roll one time, sprint one time, you know, loop one time? Or you you have them, you know, go through 15 straight reps of setting a ball screen and really working on their footwork to see how fast they can get out of that ball screen to get to the rim. So they can create a two-foot two foot gap instead of a one-foot gap so the guard can make a better pass. And then how many times are you working on them making, the, making that layup? Um, I think a lot of times everybody works on shooting threes, which I love threes. And then they're working on a hook shot. Well, you know, a, a good post player, the biggest thing they do is they make a layup, and they know how to get a layup. So – Work on ceiling for layups, and work on those things. And then you gotta let you gotta, you gotta let the big guys have some fun too. Uh-huh. And um, you know we you know in the last couple of years, Matt Bowen is on our staff. He has a really good history of working with big guys too. So he actually works with those bigs quite a bit now. Uh-huh. And I work with the the guards quite a bit now. Uh-huh. And a lot of things is now working with the guards. It's it, it's good because I know what the a good post player is. You know, and um, how to come off a ball screen. And, you know, the, as a, a big, you got to go set that ball screen, but you got to know if you got to bail to save a foul. And now, you know, working with the guards, you know, take your time, be patient. Do not get a foul on the big because you're too impatient to wait for the screen, you know. So, and let's work on making that bounce pass. Let's work on, you know, just stepping in and making an easy shot. I think, I think too often guys try to work on the hardest thing in basketball to do when all you got to do is be really good at the simple stuff, and then your efficiency goes goes up, and your team wins, and you're a better player. And uh, every once in a while, you hit a floater, but what you know what's making your team win is hitting open threes and making layups. Yeah, so simple. Be simple. I love the simple approach, and I also love your versatility that you can go to both ends of the floor. You know, sometimes you know, last ten years I worked with the bigs at, at Eastern Michigan for Rob Murphy, and mm-hmm. you know, but before I was a guards coach, so I love that you know that you were able to carve your niche with the bigs, and then now you know work with your guards. You know, I think that's yeah. a good lesson for young coaches that you have to be versatile on both ends. It's like you said at the beginning, what what's your advice for an assistant coach? Do whatever needs to be done. 
you know, and it, and and I, and I can't remember what coach it was. But I think it was Bob Knight that said a good coach can coach anything mm-hmm. in any sport. Yeah, you know, you're teaching. You know, you're teaching the sport, and if you don't know anything about the sport or the position, or or you don't, or get more knowledgeable about it. You know, do research on. It. And I think that's that's for everything in, in in life. If you know how to teach, you can you can you can figure it out. And then I, I've been fortunate. I mean, you know, Matt Lodick was an unbelievable college player, unbelievable pro. Bryce Drew was a, one of the best college players and an unbelievable pro. And you know, I worked under both of them. Um, Homer Drew was an All American. Um, at William Jewell back in the day. so And they're all guards. So mm-hmm. I've worked for three amazing guards, and Rex Walters was on staff. Yeah. And he was, was an NBA pro. So, I mean, yeah. I've been around enough. So, um, and seeing the workouts they do, it's just, you know, just don't go pigeonholed and do your thing and pay attention to everything else going on around you. You've helped anchor your, the defense at Valpo, and we played you a couple of years ago. I, I found it, it was very hard to score against you guys. And just looking at your defensive numbers the last couple of years, you know, what are the consistent defensive principles that you guys teach? You know, um, one is second effort, you know, have that second effort. Mm. Uh, two is you got to be really active with your hands. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no you matter guys what were, the scheme yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those are two really things. But I, I think the, the the biggest thing you got to stress is you can't give up layups. And you got to get layups on one end. You got to take away layups at the other end. So um, do everything you can to take away layups. And then communicate and, and go with it. And, you know, uh, you know, a defense, you, you get really caught up with the scheme. And I, I, I get like that, too. I mean, what's our scheme? And, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 the just the nuts and bolts of, of, of nailing a closeout and how many times do you close out in practice so you nail that closeout game? Mm-hmm. How much do you stress you know nailing that closeout and then how many times do you play one-on-one and, and guard the ball and, and work on you know if you're a gap defense or if you're a deny defense they all can work. They've shown that they all work and so are you really focused on those little details and I, I think you know, as much as you want to talk about a post coming out of a ball screen with the right footwork to sprint so he can gain a foot on the guy, you got to do the same thing with defensively and not just say it's effort. You got to look at their feet. You got to look at their where their hands are on a closeout, where their feet are chopping, the, the angle they're pushing it. And once again, you know, Baylor was an amazing defensive team. Texas Tech was amazing a few years back. And they forced baseline and they had backside zone. They switched everything. Mm-hmm. But then you also had Virginia win a national championship that, that plays pack and forces middle or it doesn't give up baseline, doesn't switch anything. And those are the, you know, three of the best defensive teams we've had in the last three years. And so, and they do it different, but I think all of them do one thing the same is they really focus on the little details and they, they're the head coach and the staff stresses defense a lot. And then they, they work on it, you know, they work on it and they, and they, and the players have that second after they have a lot of fun, whatever the defense is, they, no matter what, they're not going to get beat. They're going to talk to their teammates. They're going to work and fight and claw every second. And, uh, and I think that's a huge thing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to defend. Um, you've had a lot of different ways in your career. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can all be successful if you work on the little things, really focus on footwork, and then wrap it out. You know, you want to you want to nail that closeout. Don't just get mad at a guy for doing it. Teach him how and let him get lots of reps. And over the course of three, four, five months, in that fifth or sixth month of doing it every day, over and over, they're going to be pretty good at it. I love your Twitter handle, husband, father, 
associate head coach. You know, both of us share a common bond and we've really connected really over the last eight to 10 months. You know, we both adopted our children. You know, we're white dads raising black children. Just what has been your mindset in approaching being a parent to your family? Man, it, it, I, you know, my, my I, it truly is like, I mean, the biggest thing for me is to be a good husband to my wife. Mm. She is an absolute rock star. And, um, you know, so I, I, I got to know that and I, and I forget that. Some, I mean, I don't never forget it, but sometimes I don't act upon it as well as I could. Like, you know, you come home and the kids come running to hug you and, and you give them big hugs and you shout to your wife, hey, well, she's in there cooking dinner or whatever she's doing. You better run to her and give her a hug and kiss and make sure she knows, you know, she's mm-hmm. appreciative. And I, I haven't always been good at it. I try to get better every day. So, but then what an opportunity it's been to just be a, you know, everybody's like, man, you're, you know, those, your kids are really blessed. I, I always look at them like, you gotta be kidding me. I, I wish people would never say that to me again. Mm. I mean, they're not, I'm blessed. They're, right. they're not, they're, it's not their, it, it, this is my blessing. Like I am fortunate to have uh, yes. the kids I have. And you know, I got a nine year old, and a six year old. And it's amazing. The life lessons that and it, it's a different angle. Like you get, you gotta do the same thing. We, we have to, we have to look at the world in a lot of different ways. I think, being a basketball coach helps us. It's helped, it's prepared us for the some of the tough lessons in life that we we might not have had to deal with. And uh, so that's something that is I just love it, and I love that I can I can go through life with my kids, and uh, they teach me a lot. And I'm hoping that you know at the end of the day, I, I want my kids to be you know passionate, loving adults yeah. that care for other people and that are. A good husband, good wife, good father, good good uh, good mother, and uh, help others. If, if, I, if I can achieve that somehow, I, I'll, I'll, I'll consider life a success. You know, your your nine year old is evolving into this great little soccer player. Uh, without putting them on blast on the podcast, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, how has it been having a son that's pretty talented in a, in a sport? It's been uh, eye opening. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, it's it, it's been great. Um, not because of the talents, because of, you know, and I try not to be his coach. I try my best. Yeah. I, I try to just be his dad and love on him. And it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Cause you know, I, and I, I look at him, I'm like, I see him do some things that are, I know it was pretty special. Yeah. And then I see a lot of, but I, I don't, I don't put the blinders up when he does bad things mm. or he's not a good teammate or, you know, and so I'm, my biggest thing to him is, you know, I probably tell them to respect your coach, thank your coach more than any parent out there, and then have fun. And so I, I really wanted this to be a, you know, just be a great teammate and a great, you know, member of the team first. And you know, he's nine, he's high strung, he's not, he's not always, you know. And it's it 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 makes me upset. But then I got to realize sometimes, you know, the, our players are like, coach, I was the same way at nine. <laughs> and I was like, well, that makes me feel better. So he's got a chance. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's got a great, but it, it drives me up a wall. Like, you know, he doesn't pay attention to coach and practice. It, you know, if I'm watching it, it's like, it takes every bit of my, you know, my being not to run out in the field, grab, right. you know, and just dude, pay attention. Like, I don't care if you miss the ball or whatever, you will pay attention to your coach and you will be respectful. And yeah. I think that's part of the process, but I, I think that's, it's, it's, it's awesome though. I, I love, I, I have so much fun just sitting there watching them yeah. and watching my daughter, just, just them do life. And yeah, um, 
know, my daughter takes a different approach at things and I just, I just love watching them. And yeah. I really try to not get too emotionally tied to the, the score or the performance and just enjoy that. I'm watching my son and my daughter play or do something. So I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? I think get to know a lot of people. Don't just try to get to know head coaches. Get to know other GAs. If you're a GA, get to know assistants and and be organized in how you get to know them. You know, save them in your phone. Save where they're at. Save something about them. If they're married, save their wife's name. If they have kids, save their kids' names in your phone because you're going to forget that stuff. So do that first and and uh, be genuine in your relationship uh, with other, other coaches. Second is no matter what, be the great, the best you can be at whatever position you're at. And do that so well that you will get promoted. But don't be trying to get promoted by doing anything other than dominating. If you're the Dobo, dominate being the Dobo. And then learn and research other things you can do. So when the time comes for you to be elevated, there's no, they don't, they don't put a announcement out to try to get other. They already know that you're the guy. Um, if you're a GA, a lot of times, GAs, an opportunity might not come that on the staff you're at. You might be there two years, and you have to go somewhere else. So, uh, in those cases, you know, make it where every coach on that staff that you're at says, "Man, you, he was the best GA. He did anything asked of him. He gave great ideas, and he always had positive energy." And then the last thing I would say, and I could I could go on forever like this because. Um, I had a lot of great mentors talk to me, but mm-hmm. always give life, mm-hmm. never take it. Whatever you woke up dealing with, no one cares that much <laughs> when it comes to preparing for practice, mm. preparing for the game. Now, find the guys when they, they, they're not in the heat of the moment. And, and if you're upset about something, you know, you're going to have a lot of friends on staff that you're going to be brothers with and, and talk to them then. But don't come to the office with a negative attitude. Every day, come in positive, ready to ready to make your program better any way possible, and uh, and just bring that every day. Give life to everyone you see, and know that all all coaches, all people have bad days. They have bad mornings. But when you get to that office, you got to flip the script. You, and some people say fake it till you make it, but you know, just bring life to people around you. You know, and so that that those would be some of the things um, that I would give advice, and and always learn. You know, if there's a if you have a chance to go to another school and, and watch a practice, and it might take some time away from your free time. You know, especially if you're not married, go and watch those practices. I, I try to go to two, three, four practices every preseason, postseason, uh, every year. And just try to get better at your craft. You know, I love that you shared from Homer Drew early in the podcast, find a way to get back up. So this podcast is sort of my version of getting back up. And I just wanted to thank you for helping me in my journey, help so many young coaches. You know, no doubt you exhibited by this podcast. And hopefully people are learning you're a terrific coach. But my connection with you is you're just an amazing husband and a father. You know, I appreciate you being so open-minded and caring, and you really inspire me as a parent. So I just wanted to thank you for your time today. Best of luck to Valpo basketball this season. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor you had me on. You've had some great coaches, and and for me to be be on your podcast is an honor. And I don't know if it's uh, deserved, but I I love (laughs) I love talking life and hoops and, and, and fatherhood and 
and I'm sure we'll talk about that stuff a lot more in the next couple of days still. And yeah, you know, if you ever need anything, just let me know. And I'm always, always there for you. That was a great conversation with coach Luke Gore. I love how he has been at Valpo for 20 seasons. I had 10 great seasons with coach Rob Murphy at Eastern Michigan. If coach Murphy called and said, Dro, let's do another 10 years. I know I would have signed up for that automatically. As Luke demonstrated in this conversation, Luke is a massive part of Valpo basketball, and the advice he shared on today's podcast are so practical. Two other points that I want to make about Coach Luke Gore. One, Coach is an elite international recruiter. He was so humble in this podcast. Yes, he does a great job recruiting Indiana and the Midwest, but this coach is completely dialed in to the international waters. Two, I absolutely love the fact that when Coach Luke gets a contact in his phone, he writes a personal note about that contact. Talk about an incredible tip for young coaches. So good. Finally, his remarks on being a husband and a parent, so powerful. Oh, by the way, do your research. Coach Luke was right there last season in almost becoming a mid-major head coach. And I know this spring, his name will be in consideration again. Thank you, Coach Luke Gore, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.